Hello and welcome everyone. We're excited to have you with us. This is the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we talk about our love for the holidays throughout the year and the fun we have through them. Today, with us, we've got four moons. I'm Cole, and I'm going to get into some of the history today, you know, just some general and specific stuff up to uh, sort of traditions of Halloween started, up to, you know, when they got into the United States. Hi, I'm Sydney, and I'll be talking about how pumpkin carving came to America. I'm Beth, and I'm going to be doing a holiday family tradition segment that is Halloween, when the kids were growing up, traditions then, and things that we still do now. And I'm Randy, and I'm going to talk about decorating our home, both inside and outside today. So welcome to the Holiday Podcast. The first segment of the show is going to be Holiday Happenings. This is where we talk about um, our experiences we may have had over the past week related to holidays. Uh, Does anyone have anything to share today? Why, yes, we do. Mm -hmm. So... We visited Monticello, which is in Charlottesville, Virginia, with some friends this past weekend. And they happened to have a fall festival going on. Mm -hmm. They had lots of vendors, lots of booths set up. We got to um, learn all kinds of things like uh, how Thomas Jefferson had his hot chocolate, how that was imported, how it was made... Um, and, and, how and, it, uh, and Monticello is, is Jefferson's house, uh, Thomas Jefferson's house, for those of you who may not know. But I think most people, in, uh, at least on the East Coast, yes, are no. sort of familiar with those houses. Right. Yeah, they had a lot of hands-on demonstrations mm-hmm. of basket weaving, of cooking for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had lots of samples, so we got to try hot, the hot chocolate as well as all, try all kinds of stuff. Like we had sushi samples, which were awesome, and yeah, chocolate... Was- it was a big yeah. event, spent mm-hmm. um, most of Saturday there with friends, so that was very fun. Yes, it was. So that was our holiday happening for the week. Uh, I also have a holiday happening. We now have both Twitter and Instagram accounts. Our Twitter account is holiday underscore moons. Somebody already had holiday moons, so we are holiday underscore moons, so, so follow us there. And we have Instagram, which is holiday moons, uh, all one word together. So, so that is our holiday happenings for the week. So with that, we're going to um, turn over to our main segment of the show, uh, starting off with the history of Halloween. So, I mean, most of us most of us are pretty familiar with the, uh, the fact that Halloween comes from pagan roots, uh, generally in, in the British Isles. And when some people trace it back to, to Roman festivals, too, and it sort of evolves over time from mixing Roman traditions and then Catholic traditions with those pagan festivals to get to the point where we see how it is in the United States. Um, and it really started booming with the Irish immigrants in the United States. So there's there's two festivals that people really think of when they think of the, the origin of, uh, of Halloween. And the first one is, uh, is called Samhain. And, and I want to note... That the way that Samhain is spelled is S A M H A I N. I have no idea why, like, why the Welsh do this to us. They just they throw 
these words together and then just pronounce them however they want to. Yeah, I think one of the longest city names is the Welsh city It is. Name. It's, it's a town, and I can't remember how it's spelled. Yeah, but well, I, I can't remember how it's spelled or pronounced. I know I've seen it before. Yeah, I have too. But it's like a group of, um, I don't even know, like, like eight consonants together. It's like there's Y, W, T, something like that. But it's crazy. Um, they obviously uh, hate the rest of the world. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. Either that, or they. It's you know, it's genius to keep from getting invaded. They're like, okay, we're gonna attack this town. What town? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the other one is uh, called Kalangaif, and Kalangaif is actually sort of spelled uh, the right way. Um, the, the right way. <laughs> the, the right way. Phonetically. I'm, yeah, phonetically. I'm going to call it the right way because I think phonetic spelling is the right way. Um, but Samhain was Gaelic and uh, Kalingaif is uh, Brythonic. So they're both, they both have Celtic roots um, and they're both the launching points for Hellenic activities and traditions. But it's, it's worth noting that uh, Gaelic is a lot older than... Brythonic. Um, Brythonic Celts moved to the British Isles around 500 to 300 BCE, um, largely into the area that we know as Wales, and they moved there from mainland Europe. So the origins of those Halloween traditions that a lot of people associate with the British Isles really could have come over from mainland Europe with these Brythonic Celts. So there's not anything documented? Is that why we don't refer to that? There's largely not anything documented, I don't think, because uh, a lot of people associate it with Samhain. Oh, okay. Which is, which is the Celtic, right. the Celtic festival. Um, Kalangaif has a lot of the... I, looking at it, it seems a lot more Halloween-y to me. Oh, is that right? Because like, there's a lot of stuff like dressing up in masks and costumes, oh. honoring the, the dead, and mm-hmm. dancing around fires and stuff. We, uh, I, don't, I don't think we do the dancing around fires so much anymore. <laughs> we'll get to that in our <laughs> local traditions. We'll yeah, we don't do that. That's not part of our family tradition. <laughs> well, not, you know, immediate family. It could be. It could <laughs> yeah. be. Well, we could Old adopt it, I guess. crazy uncle might dance around the fire. <laughs> Which crazy uncle? <laughs> right. There, there's a few. Yep, so... So Samhain's the most common one. That one originated in Ireland and involved a lot of like spiritual practices by pagan shaman, and they believed that goats would come back during the festival, and people made costumes out of animal, animal furs and stuff like that. So when the Romans came into the British Isles and they tried to conquer everything, as the Romans do, loved to do. They sort of mixed some of their pagan festivals with the with the Celtic, the local Celtic pagan festivals. And there, there's a couple that people usually associate, and that's, uh, the first one is Feralia, uh, or Feralia. I, I'm going to say Feralia, but the Romans are good because most of their stuff is phonetically pronounced pretty well. Um, and that's, that's the day that honored the dead. So that's sort of more of the, the you know, the spoopy Halloween kind of kind of stuff. Was that on the 31st of October? Or, did, wait, their calendar was different than ours. Their, their calendar was different. So, the 31st of October, I'll get to the 31st of October and why that's okay. sort of significant. So, um, it was probably just whenever the Celts were having their festivals, or whenever the Romans were having their festivals, they probably just meshed, you yeah. know, uh, whatever they liked. Um, this And the second Roman festival is uh, the festival of Pomonia, uh, which honored the goddess of Fruits, which probably uh, related to traditions like 
bobbing for apples and that kind of stuff. So Halloween really started picking up momentum because at first it was it was just sort of this, this pagan festival. Um, so not a lot of like you know uh, national like on the like Roman imperial scale. That's not much uh, notability there, but. It really picked up momentum in about uh, 7th century CE when the Pope commissioned uh, data on the martyrs, which eventually, over the next few centuries, uh, led to include saints, uh, saints along with martyrs, which, you know, would eventually lead to All Saints Day. Uh, and when Christianity spread into Ireland, into Wales, and those Celtic traditions started to mesh along with uh, Holy Roman traditions, all Saints Day turned into All Hallows Day, sort of hallow, meeting really to, and it being the holy word, like to include all all holy people, not just like the saints or the martyrs, like oh, all holy people they get this day, so good for them, good for you if you're holy. I imagine that includes the Pope probably too, so that's a, a motivating factor there. So on the uh, on the night before All Hallows Day. Um, was uh, the festival of, of Samhain, or Samhain. I keep trying to pronounce it phonetically, but it, it's Samhain. And the pagan traditions mixed with the Catholic, so it was sort of known as All Hallows' Eve, which would later be known as Halloween. And that was that was largely practiced in, in the British Isles, in Ireland and Wales, and sort of, you know, the places where those, those festivals were really well known. Hallows, Hallows' Eve was? All, All Hallows' Eve. Okay. Yep. Because All Hallows' Day was the next day, the day honoring all of the, the saints and the martyrs and everybody else. Uh, but with the, the potato famine in Ireland in the 19th century and the harsh treatment by British authorities, there was a big movement of Irish immigrants to the United States. There, there, was, sort of a, there was a little bit of, of Halloween stuff in the United States before the Irish came over, but with, with Protestantism... They tended to, to quash any kind of paganistic traditions and stuff. So um, there was a little bit in New England, but not much until the Irish came over. Because they brought their traditions with them, and then they led to... They sort of mixed with New England traditions, but also mixed with some Native American traditions. So that's where we get a lot of some of the... I guess you think of the, the more bizarre Halloween traditions that we, uh, that we get now. So that brings it into my session today on how pumpkin carving came to America. So the tradition came from the Irish. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the it came from the Irish. They brought it to America. And just as Cole stated, it originated from ancient Celtic cultures and legends. So this particular one, so there are different versions of why we carve pumpkins because if we think about it it's just a really super weird tradition right normally we cook food for different holidays but this is really the only one where we carve something and put like a little light in it right and um right we don't carve our right. turkey and then put a candle in our turkey no no and um i had personally kind of wondered okay why do we carve scary faces in the pumpkin where did that come from that seems kind of off the wall and mm -hmm. So, it originated from, from the Irish, and from them it comes from a very particular legend. And there are different versions from this legend, but I'm just going to read the one that I found on pumpkinnook.com. Mm. It's... Seems legit. Yeah. It's got the word pumpkin in it. Right? So. <laughs> very passionate about that. It is called The Tale of Stingy Jack 
in the jack-o'-lantern. Stingy Jack? Stingy Jack. <laughs> yeah. This, and this, the jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, okay. it, it was, was Stingy Jack an Irishman? So uh, we're going to go with that. Yeah. Irish legend. Okay. Yes. All right. So I'm going to read it off of here. Stingy Jack was a miserable old drunk. Oh my goodness, okay. Yeah, it starts off like that. <laughs> Who took pleasure in playing tricks on just about everyone. Family, friends, even his mother, and the devil himself. Oh. Yeah, so wow. the devil is in this story. So wow. So Stingy uh, Jack. Those stories always go right really well. <laughs> right, so if you have kids, go ahead and skip this for a bit. Uh, one day, Stingy Old Jack. Stingy Old Jack. Trick the devil into climbing up an apple tree. This is the part where um, it varies from story to story. Sometimes it's um, this one is tricking him up an apple tree. Um, I'll, I'll tell you another one in a bit. It's just funny. I don't know how why the devil's kind of gullible in all these stories, but <laughs> yeah. he is. Hey, cool. Not the wisest person. But anyways, the devil goes up this tree, and um, the, the stingy Jack hurriedly placed crosses all around the trunk of the tree. So now the devil can't get down the tree. Right. Okay. I, you know, totally great. can't can't climb, can't jump, um, nothing. So Stingy Jack made the devil promise him not to take his soul when he died. Right, so he's trying to trick the devil. So finally, once... <laughs> that, the, that sounds more like blackmail. Uh, yeah. Like extortion <laughs> and trickery. Right. Um, once the devil promised not to take his soul once he died, Stingy Jack removed the crosses, and the devil climbed down out of the apple tree. Many years later, um, Jack Jack up and died. He went to the, and he went to the pearly gates of heaven, and was told by Saint Peter himself. I'm kind of like going off script a little, but he's told by Saint Peter himself that Jack was mean and cruel, and had led a miserable, worthless life on earth. Wow, that is quite some feedback from Saint Peter. <laughs> Yeah, bummer. (laughs) So then Jack went down to hell and met the devil. The devil kept his promise and would not allow Jack to enter hell. So at this point, Jack's like, okay, he's freaking out a little, wasn't allowed in the pearly gates, you know, his trick didn't work, and now the devil even won't take him. So because he had nowhere to go, he wandered around forever in the dark netherworld between heaven and hell. He asked the devil how he could leave as the, as, um... There was no light. The devil tossed him an ember from the flames of hell to help Stingy Jack light his way. Jack had a turnip with him. I, I don't know why. <laughs> well, yeah, people in the old days just carried turnips. Right, uh, in the afterlife. Maybe it's like, uh, like carrying on with the dead or something. You know, like the, the Egyptians would leave things. Yeah. yeah. I think somebody, left a, somebody planted a turnip on his grave or something. And it was just like, oh, well, right. I guess I'll take this to the afterlife. Yeah. And in some versions, apparently that's Jack's favorite food. Oh. Yeah. So Jack hollowed out the turnip and placed the ember the devil had given him inside the turnip. From that day onward, Stingy Jack roamed the earth without resting place, lighting his way as he went with his jack-o'-lantern. So on All Hallows' Eve, the Irish hollowed out turnips, rutabagas, gourds, potatoes, and beets. They placed a light in them to ward off evil spirits and to keep Stingy Jack away. Now, here's my thing. I would think that if I see a light, I'm going to go towards it. Mm-hmm. Also, what's wrong with Stingy Jack? Is he, like, taking people? I, it's like, why do you want to keep him He's alive? a miserable right. He's a miserable <laughs> drunk, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He's just... Also, he's I, more annoying than anything. 
I think yeah. of like turnips, beets, rutabaga as small. Okay, so that gets into what I'm... Yeah, actually that lead, that's a perfect lead into the rest of the story. So basically, when the Irish came over, they discovered pumpkins. It's a new world... Right. It's a oh. new world food. So they were so excited. It's big. Yeah. And it's much easier to carve. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. So with all three components... They, I'm sure they were like all like super excited when they got over here. <laughs> That's so funny. Right, not only was the potatoes plenty from their previous potato store um, shortage in Ireland, yeah, but well, um, quite some potato shortage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they also had pumpkins to carve as well. So the Irish carved terrifying faces into the um, into the pumpkins oh, to okay. scare Jack away. Gotcha. So, so that's what scared Jack away. The terrifying pumpkin. The terrifying mm-hmm. faces. Lit up pumpkins. from the pumpkin mm-hmm. behind. Okay. And in some stories, though, because um, they talked about stingy old Jack in the story, but they didn't really talk about why he was stingy. They just kind of implied that he was a miserable old man. Um, in some stories, Jack tricks the devil into becoming a coin to pay for a drink and instead keeps the coin in his pocket with a silver cross and won't, doesn't let the devil out of his pocket until the devil promises not to take his soul. So, so it was a talking coin. Yes. <laughs> well, it would have to be. Or maybe it was like, wink at me twice if you agree. <laughs> On the face of the coin. If you promise not to take my soul. Right. Like right. three times. Yeah. So that was um, that was uh, pumpkin carving. Oh, interesting. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's interesting. So we talked about, like, the Irish and, like, I'm sure how excited they were at how big the, the pumpkin was and how easy it was to carve. Nowadays, it is super easy to carve. If we want to um, briefly just go to tips and tricks of carving today, um, at Walmart you can get an easy uh, pumpkin carving tool kit, just a simple one for the kids from anywhere between like $6 to $15 for like a super fancy one. Yeah, I remember when those first came out, Mm -hmm. those little tools Mm -hmm, that made it so much easier to to uh, modify the shape from the typical triangle. Right. Yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. It gives you a lot more a lot more ability to make smaller yes. cuts well, so that you weren't mm-hmm. you weren't relying on a big knife mm-hmm. to try to make intricate Right. Yeah. Well and then now they've got the ones that you can like peel off parts of the pumpkin to make the face so you're not even cutting all the way through it. Right. You're etching. You're you're right, you're etching it. Yeah. Which yeah. um I was never really a fan of because you can't really see the light on the inside. As well. Yeah. Soft but it's really pretty. It's so There's so I, pretty I guess pretty it's design. good if you want um if you don't mind Jack coming like a little closer mm-hmm. to, the house to see your pretty design. Yeah, well, and, and he sees, then he sees that there is a pumpkin. He's like, ah, oh, well, I didn't see that before. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't you know much of a light. So yeah, and nowadays you can carve the pumpkin with some simple tools. You can etch by using specific etching tools. You can also drill. So there's a whole yeah. drill pumpkin um, with power tool kind of thing going on where you. Yep. Drill big and small holes. Yeah, I think they make pumpkin uh-huh. specific tools, but you can mm-hmm. also use like a Dremel tool. Right. Anything that gives you that kind of ability to, to curve, make smaller cuts, uh, um, uh, intricate. Really, shapes. you can use anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can you can use a knife if that's easier. You know, right? A chisel or so. And whatever you're but the another, have you seen the ones like different ones with drills? Mm-hmm. They're really pretty, and the lights, yeah, yeah, the you lights can make, come out. There's all kinds of different designs you can make with those too. Right, and another unique way of carving is um, using cookie cutters. 
So you can oh, yeah. take cookie mm-hmm. cutters, get a block of wood and a hammer, and just hammer the cookie cutter in and have the block of wood between the hammer and the cookie cutter, and you can make all kinds of shapes that way. Do you knock it the whole way till it pops the whole way through? Yes. Okay. So you have to have carved your pumpkin so that the wall is, is thin enough, is thin enough yeah. that it can get the whole way through, and you don't mm-hmm. knock through the pumpkin. Right. <laughs> yeah. So your pumpkin Otherwise doesn't your pumpkin just fold design the is a big hole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It'd yeah. be really easy to see the light on the inside. A one-eyed pumpkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah. And there are, there are um, you can get things at craft craft stores too. That's right. You can even get like fake Michaels pumpkins. or Hob- Hobby Lobby. And they make them so that you can carve them now. Right. So they're not solid. They yeah. You can the carve them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you can paint the pumpkins as well. And- oh, that's true. When you guys were little, we did a lot of different, we went to different places where there was pumpkin painting. Yeah. So that was cool. Which brings us um, over to holiday family traditions. And we're talking about Halloween and... Um, Specifically, when our kids were growing up, Sydney and Cole. Hi. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> That's us. That was Sydney. She just likes hearing her name. So, um, I mean, that doesn't? was Cole. <laughs> All right. So, when uh, when you were little, there were different, especially when you were really little, we would do a lot of different things at church or a community center. When you go places, it they would be pumpkin painting, not obviously pumpkin carving because you guys were little and it was something they needed to have something that you could do on your own or with very little help so there was a lot of different pumpkin painting and we did that at the house too we did that here um but your dad always i mean from the time you guys were toddlers you helped your dad carve a pumpkin well carve i use that air quotes carve when you were little um, you helped scoop the stuff out. You probably put air quotes around help too there. <laughs> yeah. He was he was great though at, at getting you guys to come over and help take some of the goop out and yeah. um he was yeah, ice cream tried scoops. to make you touch the goop. Yeah. That was the fun thing we did. Yeah. <laughs> and with Sydney it was more coaxing than with Cole. Yes. Yeah. But I have I have pictures of you both when you were little onward from toddlers onward helping with that so that's a very fun memory and then as you got older the you were able to carve especially with the little tools Mm -hmm. it was not much safer than handing a you know a child a knife and you guys ended up doing your own carvings do you remember do you happen to remember some of the things you carved i remember you did a a very um, intricate cat because they also now sell patterns yeah and you, so you did a cat. You did you do pin? Yeah, you like poke the pattern yeah. through to get the outline of uh-huh. it before you then took the knife to it. Yeah, the, and it's sometimes a little tool too. Yeah, a little tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I did. So I remember the cat. Do you remember? I did. I did a bird's head for one year. Mm-hmm. You like to to not use the patterns. You like to do your own. No, yeah, I always did my own thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, I'd still poke holes, but I'd come up with my own yeah, you, patterns. You created like, yeah. a pattern on a piece of paper. On a piece of paper, and then usually you'd put the piece of paper against the pumpkin, poke through the piece of paper into the pumpkin. So you'd still get you'd still get sort of um, this this. It was like, an yeah, outline of what you wanted to yeah, do. Then you could go mm-hmm. something that I'd come up with. Yeah. Did you remember any other ones that you did? I think they, the cat. I think I did myself, but there are other stencil ones that I definitely did. Um, 
Because it got yeah. more and more intricate as you guys got older. Yeah. <laughs> uh, understandably. I mean, right. that's what happens, right? When you're younger, it's more, much more simplistic. Right. Yeah. I eventually went back just to the triangles. Yeah. Because that that's fun. That's classic. And it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Especially when they were doing their own. What I really wanted was the pumpkin seeds. So I did the, the face because that was part of the tradition. But I mm-hmm. really wanted to make sure we got those pumpkin seeds out. So that we could cook them. Yeah. So from the time the kids were little. Also, we we um, took part of the the pumpkin goop. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the correct term for it. The pumpkin insides. Guts, I think. Pumpkin guts is the I don't think that's it. Term. I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it's a scientific. I think it's the more common term, probably. Pumpkin guts is what I hear. Oh, about. really? Because yeah. I know I don't Just say like that. Just like on the street, we hear it. Yeah, yeah, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. When you're out talking about pumpkin carving? Yeah, well, we, yeah. people are always talking well, right, about yeah. that on the street. Right. <laughs> anyway, so um, part of what I would do is go um, wash this and separate the seeds from the rest of it and wash the seeds and dry them. And that is not a small, easy task because that stuff, it was all over. And yeah, um, the goop tends to stick to the. Seat. And there's strings, and too. There's there's, strings. There, and those are the things that it's harder to get off. Yeah. So as we got older, we made more of an effort to separate as we went along mm-hmm. and carved pumpkins to separate the goop from. We just have a bowl of seeds. Right. And we just separate. Right. And then as. As good as that sounds, that yeah, still, still wasn't easy cleaning, yeah. <laughs> to clean it. So, um, yeah, you'd have to put, I'd have to put it in a colander mm-hmm. and rinse it and try to get that stuff off. And but in order to, to ultimately roast them, which yes. is delicious. So once it was washed, once they were washed and dried, um, then I put them in a bowl with some olive oil and some uh, sea salt. Um, mix it up real good. Put it on... Um, it's like a jelly roll pan, or I use a cooking stone, a jelly roll with a little lip, a cooking stone with a little lip, and um, lay out... What kind of things did it say to you? Scott, <laughs> yeah. It's got a little lip. That's right. Don't you give me the lip? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then I would put it in the oven. I don't even remember. I have a I have a recipe, so I don't have to remember. So 450, something like that. And then I would just keep... I would let it cook for a little while, and then turn it with the spatula and just keep doing that until they were toasty so they were toasted and then which is like kind of a a brown light brown mm-hmm. color yep mm-hmm. yep and and then they crunch when you right when you eat them yeah they taste like roasted pumpkin seeds which is what they are <laughs> yes <laughs> no but <laughs> they are roasted but i'm yeah. just thinking and about the very seeds. specific taste because i think we were Trying to describe it the one day, and that's all we could come up with. Right, it doesn't taste like anything else. Right. It no, it's kind of bland. Just the way you said it, like you know, in the fashion of uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of tastes like toast, typically tasting like toast. <laughs> right, these these pumpkin seeds <laughs> will will often taste like themselves. <laughs> right, <laughs> roasted. <laughs> if you roast it, it'll taste roasted. It's the great thing about roasted. It's an amazing, amazing thing. It is. Anyway, I think you like it more than I do. Right, I Lip. eat some. What's that? <laughs> <Sorry>, Mr. Lip. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So so we eat these every year while watching The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. 
Yeah. Is that is that what it's called? It's the, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Right. Is the I think the title. But mm-hmm. so that's what we do. Once the once they're roasted, then we put the great it's the great pumpkin charlie brown on and we watch it in delight while eating pumpkin seeds and you know a lot of families have other shows tv shows or movies that they like there's a lot of different ones you can watch for halloween mm-hmm. uh, but that's really the only one that we consistently watch that we still do yeah we still do. yeah that's right um yeah a lot of other families uh Obviously, horror movies huge thing around Halloween. Yeah, but not for um, this family because but not, but not for yeah. three. Not as a you, family tradition. you at a ta- at the table, right. yeah. Um, and as far as I know, three of you don't like any horror movies. Not generally. No, I don't like them. They make me tense. Um, right. Any anything tense. and scared. Beth is adverse to anything with any kind of tension in it. Yeah, I prefer not to have yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of families will watch like the classics, like you know, uh, Friday, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, stuff like Halloween. that. Halloween, which is <laughs> obviously yeah, Halloween. it's in the name. As well as cute movies too. Um, yeah, the cute horror movies, like um, uh, no, there aren't cute horror movies. No, like, not cute horror grandmas. movies, but other other like cute Halloween movies that come on on TV mm-hmm. and different things like that. Yeah, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. I watched, started watching when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. I have probably watched it every year since I was able to watch TV. <laughs> since you were Great cognitive that there is a TV in your, right. we as a family, so you know, six of us kids, mom and dad, would watch the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown on TV. Of course, it was on TV. Eventually, right. it became a video on a VHS tape. Right, but for a long that's time, right. It was just on TV. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so that I, I was enjoying listening to you, you guys, uh, and your thoughts. So that's what we did with uh, the Great Pumpkin, and the other things we did uh, with the kids when they were little is um, trick or treat. Now we live in the country, so we would take them to a subdivision um, that some friends of ours lived in. And the kids would go trick-or-treating there. And we often, I say we, mostly Randy, often helped them make costumes, very creative costumes. The ones that stand out, the one that stands out in my head, of course, is the robot with um, the boxes that I think he spray-painted silver. Mm -hmm. And then he got lampshades and spray-painted them silver for the heads put little lights in, like little Christmas lights in the in the body. and Put PVC pipe in for this. A, a lot of PVC pipe. Yeah, which should <laughs> be pretty heavy for the it boxes. Was. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but they lit up for, well, Col- Sydney's, I think, stayed lit up the whole night. Yeah. Um, Cole's didn't Cole's, last the whole time. No. Those were cheaper, cheaper versions of battery lights than they make today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The knockoff, uh, off-brand. Right. But it's not as easy. No. I mean, they were now you can get lights like that. That's right. When the kids were little, that was... How long ago would that have been? Uh, 10, 15? 10 to 15 years ago? 15 years. It would have been... It would have had to have been 15 years. 15 years ago. So, I mean, that's... 15 or more years. No, probably 15. Yeah, probably about 15. Anyway, um... So it was... Yeah, so it wasn't easy to... Like, now you just go out and you buy battery-operated lights. In a variety of sizes. Back then, you couldn't do that. So it was a whole... It was pretty um, pretty amazing costume. Pretty elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sydney had um, a little rabbit that she loved that was pink that she named Pink Bunny. <laughs> I like pointing out obvious things. 
was it was always remember it. And it was a bunny. And it was how pumpkin seeds taste like pumpkin seeds. Pink bunny was a bunny. That was pink. She was pink. Yes. Anyway, Sydney would take Pink Bunny with her everywhere. So Pink Bunny ended up getting a robot costume also. Yeah, the dad spray painted silver. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think it was aluminum foil. I think you made it. No, I, I definitely did. I just can't remember if we put aluminum foil I over think, it or if, or if dad spray painted it. I think you I think it I she think had a little made, head and yep. then a little body. Yep. And um, then you got tired of holding her little body because yes. <laughs> you had a box on your little body. With PVC pipe. <laughs> That's right. So I think I ended up carrying little robotic pink bunny with yeah, me. I carried parts of your costume over time. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I got extra candy for the lights, though. Yes, it's pretty did. sweet. Yeah. yeah. I think because mine went out. Yeah, I know. How <laughs> yeah. sad is that? <laughs> mean, mean people giving out candy. Anyway, so we would go and the kids would end up much to Randy's chagrin, um, not going to very many. They never did. <laughs> no. They were done after like three homes. Probably like five or six. Yeah, like thank three you. They were done. But we I think I probably three, dragged them out for five or six. I think for ten. You drag us out for ten. As you're older, yes. As Kept coaxing. Older. Come on, one more. One more house. Right. One more house. Um, you were the one that had to run up and like get <laughs> the stuff. <laughs> I just remembered being a kid. When we went to a neighborhood, we went to as many houses as we could possibly go. Right. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. were a kid. You also had to fight through five feet of snow to get to school and sometimes. uphill both ways. <laughs> yeah, uphill and, both and ways. And yeah. you Claws. I don't know, ate dirt and threw trees and whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that went a little crazy. Older, older generations are always saying, like, oh, I, I had to deal with all these, these struggles. You kids have it easy now. Well, some kids, when we lived in um, the town that had the subdivision, they actually came with rollerblades on and would rollerblade from home to home. So they would actually quickly get from house to house. They had figured out how to be efficient in trick-or-treating. At the the subdivision that we were in or when you were growing up? No, at the subdivision we were in before we moved out to the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And I remember um, when we went over to the sub, once we were here, we went to the subdivision. I remember one time Sydney and Cole went up to uh, a house and she said, and Sydney's our little rule follower, so she, well, she doesn't mind following rules. So she said, What do you say? She's and, hiding behind a mask and she said, yeah. Trick or treat, like a happy yeah. Halloween, and then she hid back behind the mask. And I remember looking at her because there's no Being explanation. Confused. As to what she was doing. So she did it again. So I remember saying, uh, happy Halloween. And then she gave me candy. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So this is the pattern. So I turned to Cole and I think you already left. Like, well, no, he said, no. I, no, was, he's, I, wasn't, I hadn't left at that point. Oh, no? No, because okay. you said, I, um, from what I remember, you said, um, my brother is shy. Can he have a piece of candy too? And she mm-hmm. said, nope. Yeah. Not yeah. enough. And so then... Cole came back, and, and it was just down a, a sidewalk, and you had candy, and Cole didn't. I said, what happened? And he said, she wanted me to say happy Halloween. Wasn't worth it. And then he just kept walking. <laughs> I was like, okay, then. I'm, uh, I'm my mother's son. I don't think you would have said the next <laughs> I think you would have said something. <laughs> nope, I probably would have done the same thing. Then after, as the kids got older and they ended up growing out of trick-or-treating we uh we bought candy and we went and we give out candy with our with our friends in that same subdivision to kind of give back our kids 
got candy there and for many years now we've um we've gone back and done it and all four of us have done it or, or three of us or um at different times so so that was uh those were things that the kids did growing up and many things we still do today okay so what are some of your family traditions let us know on twitter and instagram so some of the other things that are really important to us as a family um, that we've um, shared together is uh, related to decorating. And when deciding to decorate, some of the things that come into play is um, your childhood and what your childhood was like as far as decorating goes, what your um, parents did. Um, decorating is also informed by um, your spouse and your children. Uh, so that could mean that uh, perhaps your kids don't like scary things and they're little. So that's going to... Or your wife um, doesn't. Or your wife doesn't. <laughs> now, that's going to dictate or, or help you decide what type of things you uh, use as far as decorations and what taste you have. Decorating is also informed by your own personal likes. For instance, I like Disney a lot, specifically the Haunted Mansion. So I tend to have <laughs> yeah. decorations that focus on uh, those areas. It's also... Um, Informed by things like your, your how focused on your family are, what your family situation is. You know, I like Hallmark, so there's a number of things focused in um, decorating based on uh, those sorts of things. So what does this mean for decorating? So there's kind of two areas of decorating. Uh, there's the outside of the home and the inside of the home. So for the outside of the home, for me, it's mostly about lights. <laughs> it always um, is. Yeah, there are, there's usually a few decorations that I put out there, like at the door or on the steps up to the door, um, maybe around the banisters, but that's about it. It's mostly about the lights. So for Halloween, I put on orange lights, uh, primarily LED lights, uh, as well as some small plastic pumpkin lights mm -hmm. in front of the bushes, in front of the yard, uh, in, on the front of the fort. And uh, so I do the net lights. Um, and some of the lights um, over the last couple of years have had like some um, darker colors, like the purples in it, which I think are nice, but uh, primarily it's the orange lights. I also line part of the driveway with the LED strip lights. Uh, we used to use the uh, regular um, tube lights, but they tend to be much more difficult to get to go into a straight line. They you are. Roll them yeah. up. So when you unroll them, they like to stick in that shape yeah. and they're much more wavy they are. Um, and harder to get yeah. uh, to be flat. But the strip lights work great because they flatten out pretty quickly. Quickly. And you, our driveway is what? Is it 300 feet? Yeah, it's about 350 feet long. So it's a nice long yeah. paved driveway, which is perfect to line on both edges. But yeah. uh, how, how, two... how much is that in meters? For our, <laughs> <laughs> International listeners. listeners. If you've got a smartphone, they can convert it. Uh, <laughs> but there's two issues with Halloween and lights lining the driveway. One, it's still mowing season where we live for another month, month and a half. Yeah. So I can't put the lights True. out too early because... Um, Cole, who mows most of the time, is, isn't necessarily going to always remember that the lights are there. So I always worry about the lights. Especially during the day because right. they're not on. Uh, and also the other I thing is... I've ever run You haven't, but I, but I always worry that yeah. either other people <laughs> will back into them because we have a lot of people coming in and out of our driveway. Yeah. Um, or we'll, they'll get mowed over. I've, I've backed over them before, like with a car, but yes. I've never gone over them with the, the, the mower. Yeah, but then you also can't mow as close to them either. That's that's true right, because so. you, you get grass growing up, you know, on right. the sides of them, pretty right. pretty high, which in turn kind of makes it harder to see them. Right, and typically the sections are you know anywhere from twelve to fifteen feet, so it takes a lot of sections to get down the long driveway. So for Halloween, 
and this is different than Christmas, but for Halloween, I only go down about a third of the way, um, and that makes it a little bit easier to manage. So uh, you have to decide what will work best for you and your budget and your home. Uh, we've lived, you know, Beth and I have lived in a lot of different places over the years, in apartments, townhomes, rental homes, and in our own homes. Smaller houses, bigger houses. Right. Yeah. And every time we've adjusted each, to each case, uh, to the rules, you know, whether the rules are if it's not, we don't own the place or there's rules for the uh, homeowners right. association or the owner of the place. So you kind of have to figure out what that situation is. Are you allowed to put stuff on the outside or just on the inside? Um, and decorate in a way that makes it, makes us happy. And to me, I always like to take pride in the work I'm doing. <laughs> so I like for it to look nice. a certain way. Yeah, yeah. look nice to have sufficient lights to you know be bright. <laughs> so people driving by, even though we're a little bit back off the road, they notice something is happening over there. Especially since the trees are by then, the, the trees are starting to at least. Um, yeah, oh, they're starting to thin out, so yeah. you can see a little better through the woods. There's right. there's a, a group of trees that blocks most of, the, of our house, yeah. but you can sort of uh, you can start to see through them around that time. And there's there's a gap between two big groups of them that you can see. And now yeah. we've been doing yeah. this long enough that people around here generally know to look for the lights, and right. they they um, are excited to comment. And you know, we've put the lights out. And typically, I put the Halloween lights out about a month ahead of time. When it's starting to be nice outside, I can work outside. Um, there's no other interference with other holidays, so that's easy to do. So for our family, putting the, the outside lights up is mostly me doing the work. It's mostly me doing the work and, and making the choices. You know, Beth has some boundaries for me, but she uh, for Halloween, it's you know for Christmas, it's she just likes white lights, and we'll talk about that on a future podcast. But um, and therapy, but um, <laughs> for Halloween, it's, it's the orange light. She's fine with most of whatever I'm going yeah. to do. I um, really prefer orange lights. than purple. Orange and white versus yes, I've purple. Heard, I have heard you mention that. Yeah, I have heard that. If you had too many out there, it would probably bother me more. The fact that there's not very many out there. Mm, do you really want them out there? Because it doesn't. <laughs> have to wonder you take pride in your yeah Yeah. i I do like how they look and i guess for the kids you know you guys have grown up with that you know when you think about our grandparents they don't put nearly as many lights on well not halloween lights anyway and not halloween lights at all so you has that been an important part of growing up for you guys i would say so um even as you just talk about decorations i know you haven't gotten to the inside decorations yet but at work, oftentimes what I would have is um, I would decorate my office, and I've been in a office with an internal office with a door, and I've also had cubicle-like um, space in an office. So I have decorated both. I have used lights, and generally um, I'm in HR, so generally it's very welcoming for people to come into my office and people have positive comments about the various decorations and the lights that this that they see. So I think in general it, it has, has greatly influenced, influenced my um, at work and at home because I even have stuff over my door um, in my room. And yeah, it, it just it gives people as well as myself just a positive feeling. The other part of decorating is the inside, and that's much more for us of a combined effort between um, Beth and I. You know, it's. It's changed over time mm-hmm. as our situation in life has changed. When we were first married and then when we had young kids, our decorations were less expensive. 
Uh, they were kid-friendly. I was going to say, yeah, they were not breakable. They were not kid-friendly. They may be paper cutouts, uh, stickers for the window, wood decorations right. that could be handled <laughs> by the kids pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we had, we still, we didn't shy away from some fragile things that we just focused on yeah. making sure the kids knew not to to get in, into those. And for the most part, we were successful. Not, I've got and several things that are super glued now. But. <laughs> right. But we also put stuff up, too. Right. There were, we had plenty mm-hmm. of space. Now, now you go through and take everything off of all the surfaces for the fall and Halloween stuff. Fall for Yeah, for fall. And then we add Halloween stuff. But back when the kids were little, we didn't do that. We didn't have as much. as many right. things, right? So you right. Just Over the years, you right. get things and you right. refine your look. and Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, also, you didn't have as large a house right. like back when you were in Houston. Right. 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 Exactly. And we used, when the kids were little, not we chose to use non-scary versions of things like smiling pumpkins and not the scary ones. Because that's nicer. <laughs> Black cats, <laughs> scarecrows, things like that. Oh, well, now we have all kinds of issues because you coddled us when you were We still have nice stuff in here. watch Nightmare on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Which is good. Like that. yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Oh, <laughs> with black cats, it's funny because we have a black, right now, we have a black cat, a black fluffy cat. Mm-hmm. We have an orange cat. Yeah. And then we have a black and orange cat. We have right. a tortoise shell, which so, is black and orange and cream. Right. So clearly we <laughs> love the fall and Halloween and That's Thanksgiving true. time of right. year. Yeah, so I think over time our interests and in, in tastes have changed. I think we're much more now interested kind of in the fall look. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for those of you that watch Hallmark, think of kind of that kind of look. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of things from Michael's, Hobby Lobby, Home Goods, those sorts of places. Yep. Um, they have a lot of the type of decor. Uh, for me personally, I'm also very interested in the Disney items like those mm-hmm. from Haunted Mansion. Um, mm-hmm. They're higher priced items, um, maybe more unique items. Uh, we have a lot already when it comes to fall. So now I really look for things specific um, that are unique and that can add. Mm-hmm. Most recently I got the Haunted Mansion wall plaque for my birthday last year. So I'm excited to put that up um, this sure. coming weekend when we put Halloween things up um, to add to the fall things. So I think that the key in holiday decor um, as a family and as a couple and as for you individually is just to you know go to some of these stores uh, that I mentioned already, go places, see what you like. If you're a couple, see what the two of you like. Mm-hmm. Find find the space where you can both agree on something. You know, oh, or just to agree on whatever the, uh, you know your wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's probably the easiest. That's wise. Yeah. That's very wise. Think, but see, I think it's important to come to a place where you both agree on things yeah. so you can both participate. It's always harder when only one of you is excited about the holidays and, and tries to do everything. I think trying to get you, your um, significant other, your spouse, your family involved and and part of that is including them and their ideas in that mm-hmm. and finding the space for that. I think that's really important. So that would be my tip for you from a holiday decor. And always remember, it's more fun to have more of things. So rather what I need is what I need. That's the American way. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean is, like on our buffet table right now, there are. We, I, there were white white glass pumpkins with purple leaves and silver um, stems, and they're very pretty. But um, I'm always going to go for three of them, three different sizes. Yeah. 
because otherwise you just get random if you get random things that you like here and there it looks a little more mishmashed so right. we have found that if you to make little themes for areas like it doesn't have to be the same theme throughout the house right but there's going to be a theme on the buffet table right, right. so and if two people have two different opinions you you know you can, you can put them in put, two different places right right yeah right yes mm-hmm. right. I didn't even realize those had purple leaves. <laughs> it's, it's right behind us, so I'm just looking around at it. This is the first time I've even noticed them. And an awesome table runner. I think I got that at Pure One. So, yeah, you get just these little treasures here and there, right. and then you can... Just make sure that they mesh together. Pure One. Right, yeah. yeah. Pure One it has some great Halloween things. So I think that's the other thing is that you don't have to buy everything at once, right? Like you right. said, if you can right. buy... You know, one little themed area to start with, right. and then add, and then over the years, like one of the things I asked for for my birthday or Christmas over the yeah. years is for special ho- holiday related things yeah. um, that we have mm-hmm. found. Um, over, you know, so that's a nice way to collect things. Right. You know? and so I think yeah. in our family, we we all obviously since we're doing this podcast have a connection to holidays, and and I do think it's important to figure out how for you, the listener, and your family. Uh, you can all get together and participate um, in these areas. So and and you can retire things as you get new things. <laughs> yeah, and that's Mom definitely has, true. Yeah, you know, I think you got you need to be willing to retire things to let go of the things that's that exactly maybe right. when the kids were little were were right. it was fine or if, you know right. You you know your husband really loved those little things on the side end tables. It's okay eventually to get. Better things. Right. Mom is having flashbacks. <laughs> Some of those things needed to be retired. I, I agree. And when we got things to replace them, I that's was perfectly right. fine with, with doing that. That's so. so that's our show for today. So for Beth and Sydney and Cole and myself, Randy, uh, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Halloween.